It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. We got a good one in store today. It's uh, coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour. This is, um, I don't know if this is going to be appropriate or not. You decide. Um, With uh, Veterans Day coming up later this week, we're going to talk with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Bree Fram. And uh, she is the highest-ranking transgender military officer currently serving and has written a new book about uh, the experience with her uh, co-author called With Honor and Integrity, Transgender Troops in Their Own Words. Should be an interesting conversation. Anyway, that's coming up at 11 o'clock. In the middle, in the second hour, we're going to talk with the author of um, a fascinating book uh, from St. Martin's Press, um, which I think is coming out today, called A Very Short History of Life on Earth, 4.6 Billion Years in 12 Pithy Chapters by Henry G. And Henry will join me coming up in a little while. But first... um, we're going to talk with uh, 
My guest this hour is uh, a graduate of the Wharton School and founder and president of the Patriotic Millionaires. Her name is Erica Payne. She joins me by phone. Hi, Erica. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Um, Erica, I um, meant to say right in the introduction, I, I meant to reference your book that you wrote with uh, Morris Pearl. And Morris has been mm -hmm. on the show a couple of times. I've had a number of people on from the Patriotic Millionaires, including uh, Chuck Collins many times. Um, Tax the Rich is the name of the book, How Lies, Loopholes, and Lobbyists Make the Rich Even Richer. Um, how are the rich receiving this book? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Um, well, so, I mean... Here's the thing. A lot of most I would say most rich people at least theoretically agree with the premise of this book, which is that we have in essence created two tax codes in America, one for working people and another for the uber wealthy. And the second tax code, <laughs> put it this way, requires them to put a lot less into the, you know, the country's coffers than we think they should. I mean, look, we have, we have created a tax code that basically guarantees that the country is going to become even more unequal even more quickly over time. We're in a situation right now, Tom, where about 70% of Americans think the economy is rigged against them. And we've got news for them. They're right. The economy is rigged against them. And how do you rig an economy? you start with the tax code. And so, you know, we, we have created basically a mechanism at the heart of our shared experience that is going to guarantee that this country rips apart. And so how do rich people receive this book? I mean, I would say the vast majority of rich people who have read this book and spoken to me about the book agree with the premise of the book, which is wealthy people in America are living by a different set of rules than working people, and it's part of the reason that the country is ripping apart at the seams and it needs to be addressed. Now, there's certainly a big group of rich people, we call them the other millionaires, um, who don't agree with us. And they think, quite frankly, that they should keep all of the advantages that they have in the tax code and just keep on about their merry way dancing while Rome burns. You know, I, I want to go back over this. I read something in the press release about the book that I didn't know. And I mentioned I've had several people on from the Patriotic Millionaires. And I'm fascinated by the Patriotic Millionaires. And, and, and they remind me of people that were doing well in my community when I was young, which was a very, very long time ago, Erica. <laughs> um, I know this because I just had a birthday on Sunday, <laughs> and I was reminded. Hey, my grandmother used to say, "It's better than the alternative." Well, right? fair enough, and I, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just grateful to be on the right side of the lawn. But the um, but I remember people that that did well were the first ones to step up and chip in for parades and for parks and to feed the, the hungry, you know, to, to make the community better. And it seems like um, there's a new generation of wealthy that don't seem to share that the way the patriarch patriotic millionaires do and and i wanted to ask a little bit about the patriotic millionaires origin story because i i knew that 
President Obama had a role in it to some degree. But I didn't know about the makeup lady at Fox News. <laughs> yes. Well, so let's say you want me to talk about this. So, I mean, Please. so here's the thing. So it was in 2010. It was during the lame duck session of Congress. And it became quite clear that President Obama, needlessly, in, in my opinion, was going to cave to Republican demands to extend the Bush tax cuts. And it just infuriated me. And um, and so basically I called a bunch of millionaires I know and they were equally irritated by it. And so a group of them got together and wrote a letter to the president of the Congress that said for the good of the country, raise my taxes. Now the Fox makeup lady story was there, there's this big debate, I think in America and in the democratic party and, and around about what actually constitutes rich in America. And this question came up right at the beginning <laughs> that's of like, the patriotic. That's like what's a small business or what's a small well, farm? That, no, that's exactly right. And so people, and the thing is, what you consider rich and what you consider a small business and some of these things, the language that we use and the understanding that we, ha that we have about these concepts really colors our view of the public policy choices that our lawmakers make. And so this was a question that came up right in the beginning. And so a lot of people on the call it center to the left part of the American political spectrum and within the Democratic Party, they believe back then their number was 250,000, that if you make more than 250,000, you should be considered well off, you should be required to pay higher taxes. Now, Joe Biden has moved that number to around 400, 450. Yeah, I was just um, going to say we, that's we the number with I've those been numbers. Hearing. Yeah, so Joe Biden moved to 400, 450. We, you know, 11 years ago when the Patriotic Millionaires first came together, we drew the line in the sand farther than a lot of people on the left are comfortable with. And that number is a million dollars in income or $5 million in assets. So all of our members have at least a million dollars in income annually, or they have at least $5 million in assets. And so I was sitting in the makeup chair at Fox News. I used to go on Fox quite a bit because I think it's such an important audience to reach. And I also like getting my hair and makeup done, honestly. So anyway, so I'm sitting <laughs> in a makeup chair. So I mean, who doesn't, right? So um, I'm sitting in the makeup chair. I'm talking to the Fox makeup lady. And I was wondering, you know, she deals with conservative folks all the time. And they have Fox News on constantly. So what is she, you know, average working gal, what does she think about the question of what's rich? And I started going through a series of numbers with her. I was like, well, what do you think about 250? You know, all the people on the progressive side think 250 is rich. And we're sitting here in New York City, and she said, you know, here you are. What if you've got two kids? You know, somebody's in college. You're caring for an elderly parent. You know, that's just not rich. They don't need to pay higher taxes. I went through 400000 600000 up. Each time she said, you know, what about this? What about this? These circumstances, you know, I don't know if they should pay higher taxes. I got to, if somebody makes a million dollars a year, she was like, oh, they can pay higher taxes. I mean, it was like a light switch, you know, just from one side to the other. And so I really think that we have so let the very, very rich, the Elon Musks of the world, the Mark Zuckerbergs, I mean, these folks basically pay no taxes. Billionaires in America essentially pay no taxes for all intents and purposes. And so before we start worrying about, you know, a family of two lawyers living in Philadelphia making 400 a year, let's start at the upper end 
of the income and wealth scale and then get what we need to be, you know, get what we need to get done there before we start worrying about those folks. And it's actually, it's put the patriotic millionaires in some amount of tension with progressives because they think, you know, in, you know, that 450 is a lot of money and it is $450,000 is a lot of money. It's not nearly as much as 5 million, 10 million and a million. And so, you know, it's just a difference of opinion. I think the Democratic Party would be way better off um, if they would start their plans to raise taxes on folks, if they would start it at that million in income, five million in assets, personally. Well, but. That's, there's a reason why we call people millionaires and don't have a term for anything under that. Well, that's right. But I mean, also, even the term millionaire can be a little confusing because sometimes somebody feels like if they live in a house that's worth a million and a half, you know, and maybe they have 700000 left on their mortgage, whatever it is, but they may in some circles be characterized as a millionaire. That definition um, is not something that's held in stone. So the first, I mean, the very first chapter of the book, as you know, is what is rich. And we thought it was very important. You know, all due respect to the very successful people out there making four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 a year and living in a, you know, $1.8 million house. Hats off to you. Congratulations for your success. We have no interest in you paying higher taxes whatsoever. I, I have a feeling that those people would probably not consider themselves rich, but be willing to say or admit to something like, well, I'm well off. They, they may say well off. Rich is a, which is a, I will tell you this, there's a group of, um, of donors who are active in politics, and we approached them and said, hey, could we send all of your members a copy of Tax the Rich? Um, because we love, we want everybody in America to know how stupid the tax code is. So why not start with some of the wealthy people who take advantage of it? And this group that represents a lot of very wealthy people, they said, oh, no, 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 that's too um, pejorative. I said, what's pejorative? They said the title. I said, what, tax the rich? How is that pejorative? It's, it's, it's the most efficient three words you can use to get the concept across. But rich people, as it turns out, are quite sensitive. So we apparently need to be very careful about their little feelings while we set about trying to correct an injustice that's been going on for decades. <laughs> well, you know, I, I imagine, you know, if the book was called Tax the Baseball Players, uh, <laughs> baseball unions probably wouldn't want to distribute it to their players. <laughs> well, I mean, that might be true. That might be true. That's a good point. Um. Erica, this, I want to talk about the, the founding of Patriotic Millionaires a, a little bit more, but I have a break coming up here in a minute. Um, okay. Can you stand by for a few minutes and, and we'll talk some more about, uh, about Patriotic Millionaires and about the book and your findings and some of the things that you share in the book. Um, my guest is Erica Payne. She is the uh, founder and president of the Patriotic Millionaires, a group that's been represented on this show numerous times. And uh, we're going to come back and, and talk some more after we let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. They are WFOV, our voices radio, 92.1 LPFM in Flint. They are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't 
Click that mouse. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right Hello back. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Bye from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You know, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. 
and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, This is the Tom Sumner Program, and my guest this hour is the uh, founder and president of Patriotic Millionaires and co-author of a new book called Tax the Rich, Erica Payne. Erica, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, my gosh, it was great. I enjoyed listening to it. (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad. Just before the break, we were talking a little bit about the... uh, uh, origin story of uh, patriotic millionaires and and I wanted to get to the part um, there were actually uh, there's actually something else I wanted to ask you about too that has to do with that but um, as as I recall wasn't there a letter sent to uh, was it then President Barack Obama by about 40 millionaires or signed by about 40 millionaires I think it started with 40 um, basically that said um, hey go ahead and tax us more yeah that's exactly right it was it was actually I think it was 56 to be exact but um but a really sh- I mean it was a very short letter it was kind of straight to the point you know as you all the president and the Congress are contemplating an extension of the Bush tax cuts we just wanted to say for the record you know, we don't want our tax cuts extended. We think that we should pay higher taxes for the good of the country. Erica, did um, you create that, that letter? Was letter? Well, I mean, I guess I did. I guess some combination of us wrote it. So, you know, I, I don't know. A, a group of us worked together on it and then circulated it among people that we know. And we ended up with a tight, you know, it was, I mean, it might have, it, I don't even think it was a 200 word letter. It was a short little letter and we circulated it and got 56 people to sign it, popped it up on a website, and boy, did it ever explode in the media. Well, yeah, it did, and and it had a significant impact on forming what became the the patriotic millionaires, as I as I recall the story. Um, but you said something in the last segment that I wanted to go back and revisit. You said, "Yeah, so I got on the phone and called a you know some millionaires that I knew." <laughs> <laughs> who, Erica, who does that? Who's yeah. a, who's, who goes to their blank book and, you know, says, oh, here's one with a star, <laughs> you know. Um, right, right, right. No, I mean, I guess that I do. Look, this, I have to tell you, this, it really irritated me, you know, and I do know a bunch of politics. I mean, I know a bunch of millionaires because I work in politics. And so, I mean, that's one of the downsides of working in politics is it, it is this intersection of the power and money debate. And so anybody who works in politics on either side of the political aisle is going to come across people with a huge amount of money. And that's just the reality. I mean, this is a capitalistic democracy. We are having an ongoing negotiation around power and money every minute of every day since our history and until the end of time. People will be debating the distribution of power and money in America. And so this was a particular moment in time in 2010 when this, you know, promising young Democratic president had gone in promising that things were going to be different. And here he was working, you know, very hard with Republicans to, you know, to extend a preferential treatment for the rich in the tax code. And it, I mean, it infuriated me. 
Um, and so because I knew so many millionaires, you know, I circulated it. There were two guys. There was a lawyer in San Francisco and a Google executive um, also in California. And I contacted the two of them first, and they were as angry as I was. And so the, I guess the three of us crafted the letter, and then we circulated it among, um, among a group of contacts. And then the, the name is really one of the interesting parts of the story. So I took it upon myself, you know, to put the website up and, and whatever. So I needed the URL. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to call them the Patriotic Millionaires. And it was a very deliberate choice, Tom, because conservatives, um, you know, largely because the conservative movement is mostly funded by billionaires. But, I mean, they had been telling America a story for a really long time, which is the money that I've made is my money. It's all my money. I've made it all by myself. And the government is coming in and trying to steal it and giving it to undeserving poor people who are probably black. There are a lot of racist overtones to discussions around taxes. There's a lot of kind of nonsensical discussion about who deserves what and, you know, what's fair and what's not fair and all of that. And I wanted to assert the premise that paying taxes is fundamentally part of your patriotic duty. And it's really embarrassing for all of us, for the richest people in the country to fuss about it as much as they do. And I will tell you, I, for one, am really, really sick of having presidential candidates run bragging about how low their tax rate is. And I'll use the analogy that I think of is, would you ever hire the CEO of a company if they bragged repeatedly in their interview about how little they invested in your country? So I just think we have gone off the rails with regard to our perception of taxes, the use of taxes, our obligation to one another. And we need to correct this um, this kind of ridiculous construct we've been in so that we can build a country that is stable and prosperous for everyone. And right now we are about as unstable as this country has been in decades. And the reason we're as unstable as we are and everybody's miserable and in a fight with each other is because we are at a hundred year level high of inequality. We are at historic levels of inequality and the human cost of that inequality is unbelievable. 2.5 million people addicted to opioids, deaths of despair, deaths due to alcohol, suicide, and depression, higher in drugs, and higher than they have ever been in recorded history. And for the first time since we started looking at it, life expectancy is going down for segments of our population. And in case anybody didn't notice, a whole group of people attacked the Capitol on January 6th, and we've got school shootings about every other week. Now, the temperature in America sits at a parboil because so many people do not believe that this is the country that they, you know, can trust and, and build a life in. And we need to correct that immediately. Well, I, I remember uh, Morris Pearl, who is your co-author um, yeah, on this book. And, and the... Um, and I'm quoting from a press release, the millionaire chair of the patriotic millionaires. I, I think he said this on, on my show. He said, well, I'm greedy too. I want to live in a community yeah. that has the best schools and the best roads. And, and that, that really sort of reflects the spirit of the patriotic millionaires, the idea that we're willing to chip in more to make things better for everybody. Um, he said, I don't want to live in a city where people can't read. And um, 
and I thought that's it was exactly right. I thought yeah, it was kind of an interesting take on it, and and it reminds me of something I I said when we first started talking, um, Erica. Is I remember wealthy people in my own community. Now this goes back decades, you know, probably to this, the '60s at least, and it just seemed like. Their attitude was, if I'm doing well, everybody's doing well. And we don't see that anymore, or at least not as much. Listen, back back in the day, listen, let's not romanticize the past too much. I'm glad that you personally had that experience. I will tell you, there there have been greedy bastards throughout history, and there will be throughout the future. And that sort of mindset can live in the millionaire class, the billionaire class, or even people who don't have two nickels to rub together. It's a mindset. But we have a different perspective on this. I mean, what Morris talks about so often is he says, I'm not any more altruistic than the next guy. I'm just greedy for a different kind of country. And I want to be clear, our members are not necessarily any more altruistic than than you are or than I am or than anybody listening to the show is. But there is a way to finance a country, a society, and a community that people are excited to live in and feel like they can grow and thrive in that is stable, that is prosperous, and that is inclusive. And we are not currently structuring the financing of our society appropriately. And so this is not just, oh, Elon Musk needs to put more money in because he has a lot of it and the rest of us need it. That is not the issue. Right now, Elon Musk pays a lower tax rate than working people in America. Most billionaires um, in America don't pay taxes at all because they have a big bucket of wealth that the federal government insists that it's incapable of taxing, which is an absurdity. Um, But they have a big bucket of wealth. They don't have any taxable income because what they do is they go to the bank and they say, look at all of my billions of dollars. Will you loan me a few million to get me through? the year. And so they're living on, you know, so-called debt, which is a debt against an enormous asset that they have. They have no taxable reported income. And so the net result of this is that working people in America are paying a big chunk of their salaries in taxes while Jeff Bezos sits on either his big yacht or his baby yacht and doesn't pay a cent. I think that that is absurd. And it's ripping the country apart. I mean, right now, if you make $100,000 a year, Tom, working 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year, you will pay about $9,000 in federal taxes. If you're a salaried employee making $100,000 a year, you will pay $9,000 in federal taxes. If Morris or one of our members clicks a button on an E-Trade account, spends five minutes selling some stock for a profit of $100,000 and spends the other 364 days of the year sitting on their tushy on the beach drinking strawberry daiquiris and playing ultimate frisbee, you know how much they pay in federal taxes? Zero dollars. So the person who is already rich then ends that year $9,000 richer than the working person. What are they going to do with that $9,000? They're going to invest it. They're going to make an additional return on that $9,000. The working person is going to keep on going to work every day and pay a higher tax rate than millionaires. That is not the way to build a stable country that everybody feels like they're a part of. Well, I have a, a, a concern, um, and and Andrew Yang brought. You worried it up. about Elon Musk's feelings? No, no, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm troubled by the fact that I can't afford to go to space with uh, Jeff Bezos. Well, listen, <laughs> that listen, and I think if if there's anything that put an exclamation point on this entire exercise, 
Look, during the COVID pandemic, 700,000 people died, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands lost their lives. Small businesses across America went under, and billionaires in America made $2.1 trillion. And now we've got two senators, Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin, insisting that we cannot afford to buy, you know, build daycare centers for kids. I mean, that doesn't even make any sense on its face. You know, we have created a society where the rich are going to get richer and richer and richer. We are going to build, we are going to completely gut out the middle class, and we are going to have a huge permanent underclass. That is not going to lead to a stable society. It doesn't work. I'm a little concerned going forward because of the, um, you know, the conversation revolves around income inequality and the the one percent and the 99 percent and so on and i remember when um andrew yang first started his bid for president in the 2016 election and he wrote a book when he first brought up the um universal basic income but his rationale for it still haunts me a little bit and it's the idea that um, that technology and artificial intelligence, especially where manufacturing is concerned, are automating so many things that there won't be jobs for people. I mean, that has to be contributing to this inequality, too. And is, is there more to making adjustments to the American free market economy than simply taxing the rich do you understand what i'm getting at is or do we have to look at the way the economy works overall well we need to look at how the economy works overall which is what the patriotic millionaires have done so in 2010 we started on this very very narrow policy focus which was the extension of the bush tax cuts for incomes over a million dollars now, two years in, we were successful in getting that, um, the, the Bush tax cuts, the extension was eliminated, they reached a compromise, yada, yada. But then we had gotten all of this media attention, Tom, and we thought, you know, we have an asset, we have an ability to engage in a meaningful way in the public debate and try to move things on behalf of regular people who don't have the access to politicians that our members have. And so what is the biggest problem facing America? Well, we determined it's this inequality, this destabilizing level of inequality. But just taxing the rich is not going to solve that inequality. And so we have two other legs of our three-legged stool. The second leg is the relationship between labor and capital. We want to make sure that working people in America make enough that they can live on. That sounds like a basic idea Today in America, it's not true. We would like to see at least a $15 federal minimum wage and the complete elimination of the sub-minimum tipped wage, which today is at $2.13 an hour, which is the same it was when I was a waitress in college and I'm currently 52 years old. Both of those things are horrifying. My age and the fact that the minimum wage hasn't changed since I was in college. So we want to see the wage floor raised substantially to make sure that if you go to work for 40 or 50 hours a week, you can come home and you can have a life. I mean, this is not complicated. And then the third piece, the piece that's screwing it all up, is the distribution of political power. Because right now in America, um, rich people have an absolutely egregious outsized influence on how the political economy 
is structured. And I use that phrase very, very deliberately. And we talk about this in the book. Everybody talks about the economy as though it's some free floating, you know, energy force that wanders around and does what it does independently. That is not accurate. The economy is a machine. And the choices about, you know, tightening the carburetor, changing the spark plugs or whatever analogy you want to use, those are decisions that are made in the political arena. So the reason that people working at McDonald's in America right now are making eight twenty five, eight fifty an hour is because the federal wage floor is seven twenty five an hour, which is the equivalent of fifteen thousand dollars for an annual income for somebody working full time. There's not a place in America where you can live on fifteen thousand dollars a year. So the three things that we need to do to correct the destabilizing level of inequality that we have in this country is number one, we need to tax the rich, beginning with the billionaires and going down from there. Number two, we need to raise the federal wage floor to something a human being can actually live on. And third, we need to strip millionaires and billionaires and CEO lobbyists in America of the outsized amount of political power that they have to make the choices that structure the economy that the rest of us have to live in. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. The name of the book is um, Tax the Rich, How Lies, Loopholes, and Lobbyists Make the Rich Even Richer. And I want to talk about that for just a minute with uh, my guest, Erica Payne. Erica, um, an awful lot of people, you know, the average citizen thinks that they can do something about power in in Washington and, and uh, the political gridlock by imposing term limits. But one of the problems that I have is that, and, and we have term limits for state seats in Michigan where I'm based, and one of the things that, that bothers me is that the elected officials come and go, but the lobbyists remain for <laughs> you know, forever. And, and, uh, well, and the thing is, the elected officials ultimately become lobbyists. I mean, one of the grossest things that I've ever seen is the lobbying that's gone around this um, present um, Biden's Build Back Better plan. You know, we have former Democratic senators coming out of the woodwork trying to argue against policies that are good for working people because a bunch of fat cats hired them to carry their water in Washington. Heidi Heidkamp has been running, I mean, she's a former senator of, um, in uh, South Dakota, I guess. But, um, but you know, she's been running all over town making how many hundreds of thousands of dollars for herself trying to make sure that the stepped-up in basis, which is one of these dumb loopholes that we talk about in the book, that the stepped-up basis doesn't get closed. And you know what? She was successful. So my guess is a whole bunch of billionaires gave her quite a bit of a bonus for her successfully getting, for her successfully maintaining one of the biggest, worst loopholes on the planet that is going to allow the rich to continue to get richer and leave everybody else hanging, holding the bag. I mean, lawmakers, and I'll tell you, these 14 lawmakers who are standing in the way of President Biden's agenda, you know, beginning with Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin and going down to this group of, you know, nine led by Josh Gottheimer. I mean, these folks, if they happen to lose their seats in this upcoming election in 2022, What's the downside for them? Because you know what? They're going to get hired by a lobbying firm. They are probably going to walk in with an annual salary of, you know, 700 800 a million dollars a year and a big fat bonus if they're able to deliver for their clients. And so, I mean, the, the revolving door cesspool that is Washington cannot be overstated. And so when people are thinking going into the 2022 
election, which candidates are you going to support? I would suggest that everybody start asking their candidates, will you pledge to refrain from becoming a lobbyist if you happen in your next election to lose? And I guarantee that, that candidates will, you know, they're going to have to answer that question. But we need to start asking them that question. Are you going to Washington to represent me so that you can actually gain a bunch of relationships and knowledge that you can then walk out of Washington and use to actually fight against the interest of average Americans? And that's what Heidi Heidkamp is doing. That's what, um, you know, John Bro is doing. That's what Max Baucus is doing. These are all, you know, Democratic lawmakers who have turned around to become bought and paid for, you know, representatives of the billionaire CEO class and pushing policies that are going to hurt working families. What What is something else that um, that that voters, that citizens could do at the grassroots level in addition to, you know, getting politicians to pledge not to become lobbyists that, that might help chip away at that power well i mean what they need to do is ask questions to their lawmakers questions like this do you think that billionaires should pay a lower tax rate than working people in america if you don't think billionaires should pay i mean if you don't think billionaires should pay lower taxes in america then what exactly are you going to do about it here's another question you know i am a homeowner I have a lot of, I have all of my wealth basically in my home. I pay taxes on that wealth every year in the form of property taxes. Why haven't you required Jeff Bezos to pay taxes on his wealth, which includes, you know, several million dollars worth of art, stock in his company, you know, his big yacht, his baby yacht that keeps the big yacht company. Why are you requiring me, working person, to pay a property tax on my home, a wealth tax on my home, if you are not requiring the billionaires to pay a wealth tax on their wealth? You know, that's another question that you could ask him. Here's another question. Why do you think that working people in America should pay higher tax rates for the work that they do than somebody who sits on the beach all year long and happens to click go on an E-Trade account? Why do you think that people who inherit $22 million and have done absolutely nothing to earn it except for wait around for a relative to die, why should that person make $22,000 from doing, I mean, $22 million from doing nothing and pay no taxes on that? When a working person, the equivalent tax on a working person would be, you know, somewhere in the like eight, nine million dollar range. These are questions that lawmakers of both parties need to be asked. Erica, um, we're just about out of time. I feel like we're just barely getting started. I always ask guests to share with listeners where they can find out more about you, the book, patriotic millionaires, etc. What is um, is is there a good website that people could maybe go to? There is. So if you want to learn more about the organization and kind of our daily thoughts on what's going on in America, you can go to patrioticmillionaires.org. But if you are inspired by what you have heard on this program to get engaged in the fight for a tax code that is actually fair to working people, go to taxtherich.com and sign up to join the campaign. 
And you'll also on there, it's taxtherich.com, easy to remember. If you go on there, there's also a button you can click, and there's a presentation that basically takes all of the information in the book, and it turns it into a 15-minute, lightning-fast, highly entertaining um you know, explanation of the tax code. It's a little presentation. So if you don't have it in you to read a whole book, I strongly encourage you to go watch the presentation. Thanks, Erica. Keep up the good work. Thanks so much. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... This is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. 
The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Summer Program.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I wanted to get some new girlfriends So I went and bought a Mercedes Benz A waste of money Eight thousand bucks down the drain I thought the girls would get wild and reckless So I bought cultured pearls and a diamond necklace A waste of money That cost me four thousand more They were returned I got no girls they repossessed Both the car and the pearls I styled my hair just like Cary Grant's Bought a pair of those new tight pants A waste of money Household finance took my pants <laughs> The female gender I just don't get it Just when I'm out of both cash and credit I found a honey And this is what's funny She don't need my money She works for household finance This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program
Shizzle with the 
In a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July A super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus And if you got a better cough in your arm And if you got a better... <coughs> now back in 1918, influenza had its run But half the docks were busy overseas with World War I Today we have mass media and scientists to say If you don't want this virus, well then stay six feet away Super damn important that we practice isolation Cause we're asymptomatic while it's an incubation We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation It's super damn important that we practice isolation If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us In a stretch of quarantine, the last until July A super bad, transmittable Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation TomSumnerProgram.com 
Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com You pilots, get off of my lawn! We're trying to do a radio show down here! It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on! Go on, get out of here!